Wow! <laughs> right. Go Jeff. <laughs> yeah, what was that? I don't think they heard you. Let's say that shit one more time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Welcome, and thank you for listening to another episode of Go Jeff Yourself. Today, we're going to be discussing, discussing, and discussing uh, the Netflix series, The Sandman, which is based on a Neil Gaiman comic book. My name is Jeff, and I miss all you can eat sushi. Uh, my name is Dante. And I own 35 Magic the Gathering novels. Oh, dude, are those from your youth or did you procure them later in life? Uh, some of them are from, from my youth. Like there's I have one copy of the Tempest novel that is just beat to shit because I've read it like 17 times. And a bunch mm-hmm. of them I have gotten over the last couple of years just by stopping in used bookstores. Oh, that is such a good... So I have... Like the Nemesis one, which is trash. I haven't <laughs> read it since I was like a teenager. Um, and then like just a few from the, like the the fat packs back then used to come with novels. Oh yeah, so exactly. I have like I have like a Mercadian Masks one. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. just like the novels that are trash that you could find on Amazon for like five cents plus shipping. Um, but then like when I got back into magic, which I'm surprised you use this fun fact for the Sandman episode. <laughs> I know, because I thought we episode. were doing the Doctor Who episode first. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh well. It's fine. Um But when when I got back into magic like six years ago, I was looking for some of the older ones, like the Tempest, Weatherlight, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Dude, those books, they're expensive and they're not digital. You can't find them anywhere. I know. And I was just so happy that I managed like pull the Tempest one out of like a box in my mom's basement when I was helping them sell my childhood home. I was like, Oh God, look at this. Like I need to keep this. That's, that's where I pulled the nemesis novel from. Oh yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's bullshit, dude. I know. I don't want to read a nemesis novel. I mean, nobody wants to read any of these old novels. Like they are such garbage. They're absolute trash, but Oh yeah. I need to have them. I'm sure they are. And like, uh, I mean, now with Brothers War coming out, like those other, this I will never be able to read them ever unless they reprint them and they won't because War of the Spark was uh, a dumpster fire of an experience. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? It's gracious. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm sure that like, if you start hunting down uh, used bookstores and stuff like that, like some of them are going to have, I, I'm sure like uh, just a, a bare bones picking of uh, some of the old ones, but yeah, like you are never going to see these things. Oh, again. I'm sure. Like not yeah. unless you go to like an estate sale. Yeah. And just, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to, well, you're closer to Seattle than I am. When yeah. we hear that Mark Rosewater dies, just keep your eyes. Out for oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When Mark Rosewater dies, I'm going up to Renton, Washington. Oh, I'm just going to camp out in front of his house. And be like, please just give me any of the novels that he has. Cause I know he's got something I- in there. I mean, the the rate I'm going, he will long outlive me, and that's fine. I, I wish nothing but a long life for Mr. Rosewater. Um, I, I mean, yeah, dude, but yeah. all-you-can-eat all you sushi, I just, I miss it. I miss the affordability of it. I oh miss the God, community yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. But, like, because, you know, I've been getting some sushi just to eat by myself, yep. which is depressing anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you spend, like, 20 bucks, you eat a couple rolls, and I'm like, I spent $20, and it was an event. I would eat myself... <laughs> sick i would like be oh, with literally. friends for three hours yeah it would just be like this huge you just sit at a huge table with like 10 people or co-workers mm-hmm. or whatever yeah and you're just having a great time and now just think like i don't go out and do anything still i'm very 
uh, strict with being safe because I have a baby with COVID. She's fully vaccinated, but I'm still like, you know, not ready to go out into uh, pre-COVID times. Mm -hmm. But just thinking about using the same chopsticks as 10 other people touching the same food you're about to eat is nauseating to me. Like, I just cannot, I will, I'm just done with buffets and and communal eating for the rest of my life. And my goodness, it's depressing. Because buffets were always, like, when I was going to Chinese buffets, even mm-hmm. when I was at like my grossest, it, they were gross. There's little kids picking their noses and then touching the same spoon. You're going to touch to get that hot and sour soup. I knew what, what was going on, mm-hmm. but I needed it. I needed to just pour the MSG into my throat. Oh my God. <laughs> and now I just, oh my, like I was using a bathroom today at a department store mm-hmm. and this guy just, he's uses a urinal and then just walks out. It's things like this that I've noticed since COVID. I would have never noticed if this guy didn't wash his hands before. But oh, now no, I do. Yeah. And now this guy's going to go touch things. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it, man. it is absolutely nauseating. Like, like I I wasn't regularly that guy before COVID. But now post-COVID, I'm definitely not that guy anymore. Like, I can't, I can't just <laughs> go into a bathroom and not wash my hands. Because, like... Listen, you know, like when you're feeling lazy, if, you're just like, I know where my hands have been and I'll just remember to wash them before I eat anything. And now I'm just like, nah, I just well, can't do well, this. Dude, the thing is, I had to explain this to my wife recently. Mm-hmm. I, I think I went to the bathroom and I didn't wash my hands. She's like, you didn't wash your hands. And I'm like, I took a shower like an hour ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not sweating. I didn't touch the parts. And then I had to explain to her how you can just like navigate down there just using your clothes and just kind of like you know oh yeah exactly getting the thing where it needs to be to make the thing happen mm-hmm. um so i did that i was like i didn't even touch anything but even had that been the case in public i would have still ran my hands underwater at, at bare minimum just so people don't think i'm some kind of fucking animal i mean it is you the know? least that you can possibly do to show that you care about your fellow human beings yeah you know, oh, just, oh, it's the worst, you know, oh, but man. yeah, they're like, oh man, all you can eat sushi. We've had, we've had such a good time. You and I over all you can eat sushi and conveyor we belt have. sushi as yeah. well. I, I, I miss conveyor belt sushi. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I have. And I've told the story many times, probably on talking me into a couple times too, but that one time during Comic-Con when we were supposed to get conveyor belt sushi. Oh, God. Um, with, it was me, you, and Dan. Oh, yeah. And I got sick from the Pakistani food we ate pro- previously yep. and uh, projectile vomited all over a very busy uh, Manhattan subway platform. Oh, and it was one of the few times in my life I saw, like, complete anger in your eyes. Oh, God. I was. You were, you I just don't know why like, I was so pissed. What are you doing? I was so... <laughs> secondhand embarrassed to be with you at that point like i just <laughs> needed to go like it didn't matter what train pulled into the station i was gonna get on it so i could leave <laughs> I was that was bad and then, and then i got on i i had to go back to the um the hotel and i got on the local so it hits every, every single, single stop station, from Manhattan. Yep. To Queens, and I was like, I'm going to die. Yep. Um, luckily, I just I slept it off, and I felt great in the morning. But yeah, mm-hmm. I missed that conveyor belt sushi experience. Oh, yeah, it's I do like it. It's still, you know, it's more expensive than just all you could eat ex- mm-hmm. sushi too. Because I like the deal. Yeah, of course. I, I like I like getting a good deal. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was always like, oh, twenty dollars is a lot, but now I'm spending like twenty dollars on two rolls or whatever. But oh god, I, yeah, I gotta get yeah. it in me. Yeah, I spent, uh, I think I spent 20, 25 bucks on three rolls last night. My uh, my girl and I, we went out to uh, to get some uh, Japanese food. And yeah, I'm surprised that we can find 
like some decent ass actual sushi like and with like actual crab in it not like crab with a k like actual legit crab because i live oh yeah i live in the pacific northwest where we have like actual crabs yeah, see, I used to think with shellfish, because I live in New England. Dante used to live here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I just went to the Milford Oyster Festival. All the oysters are pulled out of the water in the mm-hmm. town that you're going to. And you're like, these are fresh. Yeah. Um, with oysters, you kind of need that. But, like, with other seafood, 90% of all of the seafood that I eat, even in Connecticut, has probably already been frozen at one point. So mm-hmm. if you freeze it and transport it to Kansas... It's just as fresh as if you transport it one mile down the road to Connecticut. It's still the same frozen seafood. So I'm kind of like not the same as I used to be. Like, if oh, you can't have seafood in the middle of America or wherever. But yeah, I mean, I get it. Like if you're in Seattle and they pull fresh seafood out and it's just like one of those things that they only use locally sourced seafood, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's it's fantastic. I mean, like. And you can you can still kind of tell when something's been frozen for a couple of days and it arrives to you in you can, Kansas City, sure. Missouri. Like it does, it doesn't have that same that same wonderful uh, bite and texture uh, of it. But well, it also depends on how they deliver it. Because I was at uh, an oyster house in Boston once, and on the menu we ordered like the it was like twelve different oysters from twelve different areas, like uh, hatcheries or whatever they call them, mm-hmm. and. And like some were from Washington, like the oysters in Washington are much different than the ones over here. And like, if they could, you know, fly some oysters here and I can eat them however many hours or a day later and it's fine. Yeah. You could transport, you could transport them to Kansas too. And it's going to be fine. Like you don't think about it. You're like, Oh, in Boston eating a fresh oyster, but it was from Seattle or when I was in California, like they're mm-hmm. from Mexico. It's still a dry. It's still, you have to transport them. Oh, they're yeah, fine. True. You're going to be fine. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, fresh yeah. is fresh is good. Yeah. Like, fr- like fresh, fresh is best, but you know, like, yeah, if you're going to, yeah, if you're going to eat seafood in the middle of the country, like it's not going to be as good, but like, it's not, it's not completely inedible. No. You know. And you also have to know where you're going. Like if you're going to a place that's not known for seafood and they have seafood on the menu, it's probably older. You uh, know? Yeah. When I was working at Subway, mm-hmm. people got the seafood sensation. Oh, God. we had it. Why would you ever do that to your stomach? We probably only sold 25% of all of the seafood sensation that we brought in. Be- and then you just throw it out because you can't keep it. Like, oh, for, of course you not. Keep it for a day or two and then throw it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you would never... I would use it. I like imitation crab. It's fine. It's whatever. I put it in salads. I do whatever. Yeah. Um, I used to, I used to make the imitation crab sandwiches with bacon. Like mm-hmm. who cares, dude, do live your life. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean like imitation crab is fine. Um, like it, yeah. And like, and that's yeah. the thing, like, it's just fine. But like after just treating myself to a sushi roll with real, like crab with a C last night, like there, there's just nothing that compares to it. Oh, and I sound like sure, a bougie man. motherfucker right now. <laughs> Nothing compares to a fresh crab with a C. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when the All hell right, did well, I get old and have a disposable income to buy real crab? Like 10 years ago. Apparently. We've, we've been old. <laughs> yep. Ain't that the truth? All right. So if you're listening to this episode, you probably... This isn't crab time with <laughs> Jeff and Dante. What? You told um, me this was crab time with Jeff and Dante. Jesus Christ. That's how you got me here. Dante, do you want to do a podcast where we only talk about fresh crustaceans? That's it. Nothing else. I mean, hell yeah. I live in the Pacific Northwest. This is what we're all about here. All of us are fish people. 
Oh man, I'm I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, but let's let's talk about the Sandman, the Netflix show. Um, right. Just a, a little bit of history. Um, my friend Adam, Sandman's like his. Well, I don't know if it's his favorite comic. I'm not going to speak for him, but mm-hmm. literally since I remember, for the last twenty something years, he's been telling me I got to read Sandman. And at first, I was like, No, I'm not going to like something you like. Ha ha. Um, which is exactly why we started talking me into three and a half years ago to talk our friends into things. Uh, mm-hmm. Luckily we never invited Adam on because fuck him. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, but Adam is a, but uh, Adam's definitely a, a, a person with opinions. Yeah. So it's like, I, I know Neil Gaiman. I know um, he's well-regarded. I've consumed a, a few things that he's written. Um, but I never got into Sandman and I think it's because of how Sandman was marketed or who it was marketed to, Mm -hmm. to me in my head, I was like, Sandman is for people who like corn unironically, you know, (laughs) like the band. And I'm like, okay, I, I unironically liked corn in 1999, you know, because (laughs) it was on MTV and I was like, this is. The, this is hardcore. Which... I mean, we all got that life, right? Like every last yeah, one of us. It's unfortunate. But if you're, you're a, th- a mid thirties male from America, mm-hmm. then you were, you were doing it all for the nookie. You were a boom dung, <laughs> oh, a boom dung, but Ina Ing. Oh God. You, know, you were just, you were all song. about that. Oh, how can you? Oh my how, God. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to watch a documentary about I watched a documentary about Woodstock 99 and it's like to see that Limp Biscuit caused all of this violence is very funny. If you actually listen to Limp Biscuit, oh, like how oh, could you have so much anger listening to like uh, that? Um, I mean, I guess I'd be angry if I was at a Limp Biscuit show too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Ain't but, that the truth? Yeah. Jesus so I was like, ah, Sandman. I don't know. That's uh, that's like for the, the goth kids, Invader Zim, Johnny, the homicidal maniac crew. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of that. Um, and then, you know, the last like decade or so, I just never got around to it kind of thing. Um, really? What's your history? Yeah. What's your history with Sandman? My goodness. I didn't realize that like you still hadn't read it before watching this show. No. Goodness gracious. Haven't read one word of it. Oh, wow. This is going to be a very interesting conversation. Then, I, <laughs> I own all 10 graphic novels. I have been I've been reading it. Uh, I've read it two or three times over since I discovered it in college. Because uh, you know, I, I went to college and I got on this huge Neil Gaiman kick. I read. Like, I, read this... I went to college. <laughs> Forgive my debts, Daddy Biden. I mean, I have no debt, but that's another bougie thing that I'm going to say on this podcast. <laughs> Um, I'm Dante. I have no debt and I eat Krabby Krabs. <laughs> it makes it sound like I have way more money than I actually do. Uh, no, but yeah, like I, I absolutely loved Neil Gaiman because I was, I was in a, a group of people in college who also unironically liked corn and unironically liked Limp Bizkit and Pop <laughs> Um, so if, like, if memory serves correctly, because you and I were not very close in high school, we met in, uh, middle school, yeah. but didn't you go through like a really gothy metal stage at one point? Uh, yep. I sure did. And, oh, that's so great. Oh yeah. It was, it was wonderful. It's like, I had, you know, like, you know, the, 
the all black wardrobe, the trench coat, the everything. And nice, dude. Oh god, yeah. So when I saw Sam, and I was like, oh yeah, this is so edgy. What? And like this, like this pale white dude with this long black robes, and he, like, and he speaks in black speech bubbles. And so I was like, oh god, this is gonna be edgy and cool. Yeah. And it was edgy. It was cool, but not in the way that you expect. <laughs> it is like, and it starts. It starts out as this uh, this narrative that I'm sure that we're going to talk about from the show, but then it and then uh, kind of breaks into a few little um, I guess pastiches of you know of uh, I guess adventures that Dream had uh, in the in the human world and in the waking world and things like that, and then it turns into this overarching narrative of how to of of how pride affects uh, like will affect your decisions and like the nature of death and the nature of like what is storytelling and what is dreaming and like the nature of legacy. And it is 75 issues of this just complete and utter masterpiece. And I am honestly so surprised because I had no idea that you still hadn't read it. Yeah. That's why I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I basically just watched it. Cause I was like, it's getting some buzz. I think it's a show that my wife would like too. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, like when I started this, I literally, Thought that the main character... I know that it's called Sandman. So yep. obviously there's something about dreams going on. But I thought that the Sandman was death this whole time. I thought the the Robert Smith from the Cure looking motherfucker was death. <laughs> so then I find out pretty quickly that he's not. And I was like, everything I know about this show has been a lie. Because <laughs> yep. that's everything I, or about the series. Um, uh, yeah, because it's like, I, I know what... Um, dream and death look like i just didn't know that the actual death was death i just thought i thought that was like the human character that we might follow along that is like Uh, friends with death because she's like a little goth girl yeah yeah. so i had no idea um yeah so i mean we're not going to break down every single episode we can just have like a general chat about the show Mm -hmm. but you know coming from me who has never seen it to you who has seen it or i mean read it um because I heard that a lot of people are like, this is pretty faithful to the source material. And of course, because you're online in 2022, there's going to be some bojos that are like, well, everything is woke, 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 woke. Oh, yeah. everything is woke in the show about dreams. How come we can't stay asleep in this woke culture? Oh, my um, God. So yeah. I, I ignore those people. It's pretty easy to kind of tell, uh, put your finger on the pulse and tell what's actually real or what's incels crying that you know, they're not being oppressed enough. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, and just to be completely and utterly clear about this, if you think that death being cast as a black woman is a problem, fuck you. Stop listening to this show. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Go Jeff yourself. (laughs) Um, But also going to that, I mean, we're jumping around, but when that episode happened, they at first, and I don't know if they say this in the comic, but the show did not say, who she was, you know, they mm-hmm. said that it was like uh dream sibling. All of mm-hmm. the siblings start with D and I was like, ah, who could she be? Like at first they're kind of cryptic about it until you realize, Oh, this is death. And mm-hmm. then when I didn't notice, cause like I said, I only saw two characters, but then the thing I did notice was when they showed her Ankh necklace, I was like, Oh, oh yeah, that's people her online will hate this and fuck them because this is a really good portrayal of this character. Um, I don't, you know, 
just as a character, not knowing the source material. Oh, but no, yeah, yeah, that actress, I'm not sure of her name, but that was a great episode. And she was oh. only like, she was in half of an episode in the entire series, which is <laughs> bullshit. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was so incredibly faithful. I can't even begin to, uh, to, to describe it. It was, it was like she just got lifted off of the page and they just put Death's essence into this actress because she is she's absolutely incredible she is she is she's soft she's warm she's kind she is she genuinely you can genuinely see that she um that she cares about the people that she's escorting to the afterlife and, oh god like the one right the one scene in that episode that nearly brought me to tears was one that i had almost forgotten was in the comic uh was when she visited the mother and the baby right spoiler oh, alert man for the show. i mean but yeah, like when she I got to tell you, not not to be the guy that's like as a dad, mm-hmm. but as a dad, yep. that was fucking devastating. I oh, can't absolutely deal with, like watching that shit anymore because like it's just oh my god, it was yeah. To your no. point, it was very intense. Oh yeah, like I I almost cried. I mean, like and you're and you're a person who used to uh, who used to. Not say that he was advocating for child for children to die, but you said at one point in time. You said at one point in time that you enjoyed it when authors would kill children in comics because it probably raised the stakes. Yes, it does. But the, the going back, the reason I said that is because usually in media when they show that it's mm-hmm. off camera, right? Yeah, and there's reasons for doing it off camera. At the time when I was more contrarian than I am mm-hmm. now, I was like showing it, actually showing it is it will make you feel more than just not showing it, oh, you know, absolutely. which isn't necessarily always the case. So whenever like a horror movie or like an action movie, if they showed like a kid getting like shot in the head, I was like, oh, wow, they showed it. That's cool. It mm-hmm. was more like that because okay. like. They don't, and at the time, I was like, "That's ballsy to do." Um, yeah, I mean, but, and, yeah, I mean, and this, like, but and this things is... like that, the way that it's done so like gently here. Oh yeah, it, it was yeah, like, fucking and, heartbreaking. And the fact, like the fact that like the, all you see is like all you see is the silhouette of the uh, of the raven or the crow, uh, just flapping up against the uh, against the walls, and you hear the sound of her wings flying away. And the next thing you know, she just walks back on screen. She's like, "All right, well, we've got to go." Oh, yeah. it's so heartbreaking. Like the and uh, like and I had I was of that nerd. I had the uh, the comics sitting there with me, and I'm opening up and turning the pages, and it's almost like literally panel for panel, uh, the exact visuals that you see in the comic, and a lot of the dialogue. I would say like 75, 80 percent of the dialogue just lifted straight from those comics. It's absolutely incredible. A very faithful. Yeah. Adaptation. So. So I was looking for something later on. I was just like browsing Wikipedia um, while watching the show, which I I don't like spoilers when I'm watching stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> there was one panel I saw with uh, Fiddler's Green as he was like turning back into the landscape that he was. Yeah. Um, to uh, what was that girl's name? I'm sorry. I watched this a few weeks ago. Um, what, you know, you know. Yeah. You you know Ro- Rose? Was it Rose? It was. Uh, I am blanking on the, the name. little girl. You know what? Who I mean, though. But uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. and and I saw like this panel, and I forgot exactly what he said. 
But then he said, like five minutes later, he said what I just read on the screen. And I went back and I was like, they're ripping this, the dialogue straight from the Mm -hmm. comic. Like this is a very faithful advent or adaptation that doesn't seem forced or anything. No. Yeah. I mean like, and considering that all this dialogue was written in 1988 for like, for this particular, uh, set of episodes for a different medium for sequential art storytelling no absolutely like you're gaming like gaming completely changed the game because there was like there was the rise of dark superhero comics because you had stuff like frank miller's daredevil and frank miller's uh dark Knight returns and alan moore's watchmen at this time but when but when gaming published sandman in 88 89 uh, that you didn't really have this kind of like mainstream, uh, mainstream comic book media that was dealing with uh, mature themes. Like you know, you had mature themes that were filtered through superhero media, but you didn't have anything that was just non-superhero media, and it, and it was revolutionary right. at the time. And the fact that like your, you know, the fact that he's able to take all these things that he wrote in eighty-eight, eighty-nine, and just put them onto a screen here in 2022 is just astonishing to me. Like the, um, God, uh, the, uh, the Hob guy, the guy that can't die. I forget his last name. His first name's Hob. Um, but yeah, like the, that entire second half of, uh, of the death episode has, dude, that uh, was, and that's also straight from the comic, like all of it, like you're down to like, even the pithy line where he's just like, yeah, like, you know, I was talking to the fairy courts the other day and they're thinking about abandoning this plane forever a throwaway line it's in the comic it's amazing that episode is two episodes in one it's the same like this one but there was like mm-hmm. the transition between you know death story and hob story yep but as you're watching it like it's it, it just flows together into two different stories and when that was done when that episode was over i looked at my wife and i said that was the best episode of doctor who i've seen in five years <laughs> it was so good it was just like, it was great where they just meet for a hundred years, every hundred years. And mm-hmm. then it, it wraps around to the beginning when he's trapped. So when he misses a meeting. So the yeah. beginning, Dante, yeah. as I'm watching this as somebody who never read it, I don't know what the fuck's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So you're introduced to to Dream. And then there's this guy who has a son who's a piece of shit to his son because he's not his favorite son. His favorite son was killed in battle. So he tries to capture dream and use his powers to bring him back. So it's like this whole convoluted thing. Right. So yeah. as I'm watching this, I'm watching a series. I was like, all right, I'm introduced to these main characters. This is going to be like this guy versus dream. And then like pretty much, I think it's this episode, maybe the next episode they're mm-hmm. in, like they're done. You don't see uh Charles dance was in it. The guy from like uh, the uh, game of Thrones, you know, yeah. they're, they're just done. And then they mm-hmm. move on. And I was like, you don't notice it at first. You're like, oh, they're just done with that story. No, and yeah, there's that's... so much of that here. Like, you don't, you don't really know, like, who to focus on at points because it's when you think it's about one person, it's not. It's yeah. it's about this overall theme and story. Um, yeah, it but, is. Yeah. And, that, and that's what makes the comics so hard to follow for, for new people. Is like, when I first picked it up, I didn't get it. I didn't like it. And then I read... I read ahead in the uh, in the series. I read to uh, some of the short stories that were just like like one off um, one off issues of the comics, and right. I was like, oh, so this is what it's supposed to be. Went back and just consumed the entire series. It's amazing. 
But yeah, that's kind of how... Yeah, it was... There were some times when I was like, okay, what's going on? And my wife mm-hmm. was like, I don't get this part. Like the the episode five when they're in the diner with oh the, my the God, son who yeah. has the ruby and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I get this, but I don't know if... I don't know if I like it and I don't, my wife did not like that episode. It's not her type of storytelling. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. But that like, was a rough but now I get it. Yeah, it, it was. Cause it was like, there's no character. Like Morpheus isn't in it at all. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's uh, maybe in it towards the like end. the yeah. end he is. Yeah. Yeah. The very end he shows up, but like, yeah, it was, it was, a, and it took me, she understood more what was going on than I did. Like she was helping mm-hmm. me figure it out. Um, and I probably liked it more than she did, even though I understood less, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's brave to do that. I mean, no, absolutely. Yeah. And that's another one that was just, uh, that was just built straight, uh, straight from the, uh, for the source material. But yeah, it's one of those stories that like, I thought, why are you going to do this story? Like what, like, what is the purpose of doing something like this? And like, and they man- they managed to, they-, they managed to actually film it. Like for years, I'd never wanted to see a Sandman adaptation like honestly didn't want to see it because i thought of stories like this and stories like uh stories like deaths and stories like hobbs and i was like this is unfilmable like this is absolutely unfilmable and you know to your point like it's a little bit uh incohesive as a narrative and uh and just you know in like inscrutable like hard to hard to follow but i feel like they're doing a good job with pacing and i feel like they're doing a good job with just setting up the show as like oh okay this is just kind of like they are because kind of like these adventure. episodes are like an these episodes are like an hour long and some of them i was like oh this is over already yeah um, but like even yeah like looking at the list on wikipedia of episodes they have great notes at the bottom adapted mm-hmm. from sandman number one and you're looking through all these and it looks like the from episode one to eleven They've adapted the mm-hmm. first 17 issues except for issue nine. So I don't know what issue nine is. I don't feel like looking it up right now. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, like that episode was adapted from Sandman number six and seven. Um, and then the the death one we talked about was mm-hmm. eight and 13. So like they took two, two issues separated by s- six issues and made mm-hmm. one episode that makes sense. No. Yeah. Um, and uh, like, yeah, and, then, and I think I think that's what happens. Like when you have Neil Gaiman as involved as he is with the production of this show, um, because he like he has he pretty much went out and said like I do not want this adapted unless I am directly involved with this, and and like and even down to like the casting of Morpheus himself, uh, like Gaiman was directly involved with it, and I, and yeah, I think it shows. He's kind of just like he's he's very. He looks like Matt Smith when Matt Smith was announced as the doctor. Okay. okay <laughs> Not Matt yeah, Smith I can see as that. the doctor, but you know, that promo picture where he's all brooding and like gray and black and like oh, a yeah, dark yeah, yeah. alley with the TARDIS behind him. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh wow. But yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, we're not breaking down every single episode in this. It's not like a full review of the season. It's just kind of an overview of how we feel about it as somebody who's read it and hasn't read it. Mm-hmm. But as somebody who hasn't read it, but I'm aware of it, because I'm very into comic books as it's just been around all the time. I was like, how are they going to make a series that looks like Sandman looks without it being cheesy or without it being faithful to the source material? And Mm -hmm. I think they did a fairly good job at that. Um, Looking and then like cross-checking like the, the actual show with the comic book. Um, 
like the costumes are almost identical. Um, the sets mm-hmm. look really good. I know you said something online, like the um, on Twitter, I think that it actually this the show just looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I do think it looks good. The one thing that bothered me, and I noticed it on like maybe the first episode, but I was like, ah, maybe it's just my brain. But then I, as I kept watching, I even looked it up. I was like, something's wrong with this aspect ratio. Cause okay. it's like, it wasn't 16, nine. Cause there were bars on the top and the bottom. So I think it was like 21, whatever it was. I, I don't know the mm-hmm. actual specs, but it, the aspect ratio, it, things looked a little squished, like a little longer. And apparently a lot of people saw that too. And from what I, I did some more digging and somebody who made the show, like they wanted it to look more dreamy. And I was like, I get that. And I can see how you want to do that in certain scenes, but there Mm -hmm. are some scenes when you're just like, they're just standing there and like, you could tell like this dude's face is just stretched. It just doesn't look good. Like, I don't know. It, It was a weird thing. I think for them to commit to, um, that's just me picking nits. Um, but overall, I, I do think that it was, it looked at, like a, it looked good and it was edited really well too. Oh, absolutely. I know that there's been some consternation online about the, but there's like the quality of the computer animation and things like that. But that's just, that's just boilerplate stuff. Like you hear that with every single yeah, comic yeah. book adaptation. Like, oh, the CGI is so bad. I'm like, whatever. Like it is what it yeah, is. Dude, like, just what do you watch want- it? like what do you want it to look like show me the best cg you've ever seen and do you want it to everything to look like it's not going to you will not get a show you will get five minutes of animation for yeah, for what yeah. you actually want you know like and it's just i yeah i i ne- i don't get that complaint i've never gotten that complaint but like I mean, but overall, yeah like you I'm said pre- the, the casting satisfied. yeah the casting was great there's a couple things in the cast okay i'm going to run this by you because Mm-hmm. I looked it up after, but as I was watching it, we have um, Jenna Coleman as Joanna Constantine. And yeah, Doctor Who alumni. Yes. And um, I was like, did they just gender swap her because they don't have John Constantine rights? Or mm-hmm. is there a Joanna Constantine in the comics? There and is, there is a, a Joanna, Joanna Constantine. Constantine in the comics, but I believe John Constantine was actually in the Sandman. Is that correct? Both of them were in the Sandman. Both of okay. Them were. So, um, so, so I, okay. you remember in the uh, in the Hob episode when she confronts him in that bar and uh, she tries to she tries mm-hmm. to kill the both of them? Yeah, like she was canonically in that particular episode, and I believe okay. in, uh, when he's in the when he's in the nineties, uh, trying to recover his helmet and his ruby in his bag, um, I believe at that point it is John Constantine. That, uh, that you see. Okay. So, yeah, for rights reasons, they used her, which I yeah. think was great. Um, I think she, she pulled it off well. And it's another thing when, like, they have a whole episode devoted to her. Then she's gone. Then she pops up for, like, 30 seconds. Then she's just gone again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that's, it's I mean, so yeah. great. And, and, like, and that's, just, that's just kind of one of those things that you get used to with Sandman. Like, you've got people like Lucifer who just kind of come in, and then they're gone, and they're out in their own comics. John Constantine yeah. came into Sandman yep. and got spun off into Hellblazer. And that was a cool episode with Lucifer with uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Oh yeah. Um, um, I thought she was then, great. Then, what did you think? 
I thought she did a great job. Yeah, I was hoping for more. To be honest with you, I know. Um, yeah, I know. But like that folks... battle they had was cool. It was oh like it was silly as hell. He was like he was supposed to battle a demon, but then like he chose Lucifer as his. I don't know as whatever champion. It was. Yeah, um, I mean, like yeah, like yeah, it's goofy. Champion. That's but that's kind of the conceit. It was goofy. I thought it, I but thought it but I thought it was done well. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just look. I didn't know that Mark Hamill was the pumpkin guy. That's pretty cool. Oh, seriously? Um, that was Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, the pumpkin head guy. Oh my god! I and love then that. in in Dream of a Thousand Cats, um, I didn't get to David that and George. Okay, um, it's but animated. It's it is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Tennant and Georgia Tennant are voice oh, nice. actors in it. Neil Gaiman's a voice actor in it. Michael Sheen is a voice actor in it. But then the second half of the episode, I won't spoil it for you. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot how to say the name. I read it as Calliope, but what Calliope. is Cal? Calliope. I kept forgetting it. It's one of those things I've read but never heard. And they're like, Calliope. And I was like, that's Calliope, bitch. Um, <laughs> but Derek Jacoby, who is the master, is in the episode. Oh, um, nice. Arthur Darville, who played Rory in Doctor Who, is in the episode. And I thought that was, it was half of an hour special, or maybe 40 minutes of the hour was uh, Calliope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fucking incredible. It's It's crazy to me that they're just like, Oh yeah, we have this 11th episode. We're just going to drop it in. This easily could have just been in the middle of the series and I don't but yeah, it that was a great story and I'm reading online now that it's actually there was just one issue of the comic. Issue yeah. 17 was about Calliope. Mhm. No, yeah, and that's uh that's that's a thing that it like if you read the comic and I sincerely hope that you do. That's just kind of uh a- a hallmark of the earlier of the earlier yeah. bits of the, now, uh, of the comic. Now I want to, but Adam, if you're listening to this, put on some earmuffs. Yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna read this at some point, Dante. I just don't want Adam to know. So I'm just never gonna post about it. Um uh, he can't win this battle. <laughs> this is now a decades long battle between Adam and I. Um okay. Of course. Uh, Adam um <laughs> I if your headphones if you're you're doing earmuffs, I can't tell you to put to take them off but i hope you're still listening yeah i'm never gonna read that why would i want to read sandman sandman's for babies who still shop at hot topic and they're glad that the music section is gone (laughs) it has been so long that i forgot that hot topic had a music section we were dude i will i i know they're owned by gap or whatever but Mm -hmm. as a, a teenager in early 20s even in my late 20s I have records behind me. I don't know if the camera could pick it up that I got at hot topic that were affordable and great. Like my first seven inch I ever bought was no effects, uh, surfer EP. It's, mm-hmm. I got it for like $3 at hot topic. Yeah. Um, they had, they had a record store day ghostbusters limited edition 10 inch that I couldn't find anywhere. Three weeks later, it's just chilling at hot topic for like 18 bucks. And I was like, yeah, dude, like I'm going to, yeah, I don't care if it has a hot topic sticker on the back. It's the mm-hmm. same product for cheaper and it's available. And especially if there's no record stores around, like in middle America, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want to, you want to get some records. Go. Yeah. Who cares? Go where you can get them. Yep, Whatever, absolutely. dude. Yeah. Like people wanna... are going to, people have urban outfitters exclusives. Now, Dante, I'd rather buy it at hot topic than urban outfitters. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, oh, like yeah. if you want to feel old, like my, uh, my girlfriend and I, we went into a hot topic, God, two or three days ago, just because like we were at the mall doing, something else we we're just like we passed the hot topic we're like let's just let's just pop in just to see how old we feel yeah we felt yeah so goddamn old 
Oh yeah, dude, it's ninety percent pop figures, and then the rest is Machine Gun Kelly merchandise, <laughs> <laughs> with a little bit of Stranger Things just added in there for a little. Yeah, bit Yeah, yeah. Like ten years ago, right I now. did. I did go back there because when Doctor Who was huge in America, they had a lot of cool stuff there. Like I, I bought some like Doctor Who minifigures and shit there. Oh um, yeah, but yeah, this is. We're not defending. This isn't a hot topic episode. No, this, this is a Sandman episode. I'm so surprised that Hot Topic doesn't have Sandman merchandise because this is the exact aesthetic that Hot Topic kids would love. Yeah, but like, okay, the the demographics of people who watch this show, mm-hmm. I don't think they're pulling teenagers who are watching Stranger Things to watch Sandman. I'm sure that that's, people, people I mean, that's do. Probably true, but. Yeah, this this show is made for people who like the comics, people who are into the same things we're into, and mm-hmm. then just casual viewers. Like my wife, I with her, I never know what's going on, dude. Lindsay will like hate mm-hmm. something or love it, and I can never tell. I was like, I'm going to watch this episode of a new TV show. Would you like to join me? And she'll mm-hmm. say yes. And then either 10 minutes in, she'll say, I hate this. I never want to watch it again. Or at the mm-hmm. end, she'll be like, can we watch another one? And that's what Sandman was. She loves this show now. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny! That's yeah, so, so funny. Like, we, yeah, my uh, my girlfriend loved it from minute one. She was just like, "Oh god!" Like, we were like, "We're watching more of this, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, we're absolutely fucking watching more of this." And here's your home. <laughs> like, there's the comic books. Like, read them all. I promise you, they're amazing. Yeah, there, got, I mean, there's um, just so much stuff. There's so much stuff to cover. We didn't even talk about like the collectors or anything. Oh but no, it's yeah, just it's so like creepy. It is and... so goddamn good. Um, oh yeah with the mouth eyes that's cool i like that god yeah it like it's amazing and just like in just the the way that tom sturridge just embodies uh what i what i always imagined dream would look like if he would like if he was if he was a real person like like every if he was ever to be filmed like this is exactly what i wanted and i i know this sounds super fucking cheesy but in the comics uh to distinguish dream like apart from the, the visual aesthetic He's the only person that speaks in black speech bubbles. And when Tom yes, Sturridge yes. was Tom, when Tom Sturridge speaks as Dream, like I can almost feel or like see those black speech bubbles uh, coming out of the screen. And I'm just like that, like he's got everything that I want. He's got the look. He's got the aesthetic. He's got the walk. He's got uh, he's got the the manner of speech. Just like this man understands what the Sandman comics are like and. He's the reason why I keep coming back to it. Like, I mean, everything about the show is fantastic, but like, it begins and ends with Tom Sturridge. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much like deep, like emotional or um, just real shit in here. I'm I'm blanking on the word that I want to use. Um, mm-hmm. Existential <laughs> yeah, uh, existentialism ex- in here. Yeah, but there's also just like cool sci-fi fantasy stuff in here, like mm-hmm. a lot of trippy shit, time travelery stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a pretty well-rounded show for being all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. I think as like as a package, it's done really well. Like there was so much going on with like him in the beginning escaping being caught for you know a hundred years or however long he was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like going to like the vortex, but then these, all these little side quests, it, mm-hmm. it felt almost like a D and D run. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, there's an overarching story, but like there's like smaller and even smaller little weird quests, but you're jumping around him too. Cause like, you know, what was he doing for 600 years in between meeting Hob every hundred years? Like he's doing stuff. And oh, yeah, I mean, exactly. he's dressed 
he he's dressed differently too. So like we only see him when he's like the last hundred years or so. Um, but yeah. And, and then at the end you find out that he was just being manipulated by his sibling. Um, was oh yeah great yeah because that was yeah, a great yeah, yeah desire desire and despair just uh just exist to fuck over dream it's it's a <laughs> it, it's a common it's a common theme in the comics and like be like you know, this like in this particular set of episodes sets up their dynamic and it continues through the next 75 issues of the comic where like it's was it's, there a was there a sibling that we weren't introduced to yet i feel like yes. there's one or two yeah they're uh, the ones that we were introduced to were uh death dream desire uh and despair um goodness I there's don't three think more right there's there's uh there's three more uh there is destiny who you will meet um well i mean they they meet him in the comics eventually but it's not uh till down the line delirium you meet as well uh who used to be like she used to be delight but then she you know went crazy and became delirium and then there's the sixth sibling who is still missing and uh you know, that's right yeah because they were in like that weird crown room and there was an empty space yeah yeah because that uh that particular sibling uh just picked up and decided that they didn't want to fulfill their duties anymore so they just kind of took off um and i won't spoil that for you because it's a uh it's it's a particularly beautiful moment in, uh in the comic when uh you find out who they are and what they uh like and what they're all about and why they left Oh, I do see a picture of delirium and mm-hmm. delirium would definitely shop at hot topic. It looks like she's got multicolored hair, uh, an undercut, uh, mm-hmm. just her, she's got like, um, a fishnet up one sleeve. Yeah. She's, she's hot dude. <laughs> like when I look, when I look at delirium now, I think I can't help but think to myself, like, was this the inspiration for Margot Robbie's, uh, interpretation of Harley Quinn? <laughs> Because, like, you look at her as like this could nah, be a Harley cosplayer. Uh, could be. I still doubt it. I mean, I mean, yeah, like I doubt it, but you know, I I don't know. I just hate Harley Quinn. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a yeah, unpopular same. opinion but, that I have. But at but as a man, we can't say that Dante because the woke left elitist coastal liberal cucks stole everything from us. We can't mm-hmm. just be who we are anymore. I know, like, it's, and it's that's so, it's that's so difficult man. being a straight man in this uh, in this country. So so difficult. It is. How come I had to do a physical job and hurt my body, but you don't have to? No, you know. How come? Stuff. What about me? What I about know. me, SpongeBob? What about me? <laughs> <laughs> That was uh, not where I was expecting this podcast to go. <laughs> Never no. took Squidward impressions. Hey, how was how was that Sandman episode? It was great, but Jeff just digressed into Squidward. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. We started out talking about shellfish, but then he turned into a cephalopod. Uh, I don't quite it, know where it, this Venn diagram began. Yeah, uh, but it's really just kind of come full circle at this point. It has. I mean, I don't have much more to say. I really enjoy the show. It makes me want to read the comic. It makes me excited for more i know netflix is kind of iffy on what will get renewed and what will not get renewed so fingers crossed mm-hmm. um that we get some more episodes or at least because it's creator owned i don't know how rights work maybe neil gaiman can take it to somewhere else hopefully oh, it's, not it's HBO. not creator owned this is dc vertigo yeah but vertigo at the time was creator but he doesn't own it uh 
That is a great question. I actually don't. Know oh wait, but the eighty? No, that answer. was that was before like the image revolution. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. I might just be a big old freaking idiot. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is just uh, this is just under the vertigo, um, the vertigo. Uh, yeah, image, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, oh, uh, that's sad. But yeah, I uh, I'm really glad that this show has inspired you to read it. It is like it is one of those comics that it it is popular for a reason and i think that you're really going to enjoy it just don't tell adam i won't tell adam it'll be <laughs> fine that's great well i don't know i i used to know how to end talk me into there's 200 episodes of that that we ended i don't know how we're gonna end this one but yeah this was fun this is uh dante's first time on go jeff yourself this is only the third episode we're recording um i think it actually will be the third that's released uh, but yeah, this is, this is fun, Dante. This was good. This was a good chat. I'm glad we had yeah, it. Absolutely. I'm glad we had it too. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should do this again. Maybe in like, you know, five minutes or so. <laughs> maybe we, <laughs> yeah. To record like the eighth episode. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but yeah, this was fun and, um, it's not going to end as hilariously as Ian ended it, uh, screaming at James Cameron to go Jeff himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, like, I'm not as funny as Ian, so sorry. <laughs> funny looking, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. All right. Until until next time, go go Jeff yourself. yourself. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, You're so it. bad at podcasting. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Okay, maybe I should stick with the original yeah, title. Yeah, until next time, yeah. talk with Jeff. I'm recording too. Okay, I'm gonna do three, two, one, clap. So just you know. All right, you got it. Do we clap on the one or clap after? Clap after. So All right. On, on, you know, on the four beat, we're gonna clap. Discord, I think, clips it. You won't hear my clap. I won't hear yours, but we'll see it. I'll know it's there. You'll see your spike in audacity. Sounds good to me. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Three, two, one. Okay, cool, cool, good. Do you see your little, your clappy spike? I yep, like I see one. my clappy spike and my audio spike. That's look a like nice little clappy fine. spike. Okay, I just want to make sure I was picking up on the right mic. I just scratched it so I could see the oh, the little whoops. wiggles, the wiggle wobbles. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think my okay. spikes look normal. Nothing's, uh, nothing's too quiet. I mean, these are. That's fine. Yeah, they're Bluetooth headphones, so it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Oh, oh, it's recording from the microphone on your Bluetooth? Apparently. Okay, I mean, you did the test. I'll trust you that it sounds better than Ian's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can't make any promises, but we're going to we're going to go with this. As long as as long like uh, Jimmy's really good at like um, you know, compressing everything and making it sound good, and his microphone is way more expensive than mine. Oh, yeah. But as long as I'm the best sounding one on this podcast, we're good. Okay. <laughs> That's sounds all I good care to about. me. <laughs> So I want you to sound shitty, but not too shitty. Okay. I think I can manage that.